Father, in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, I ask that you speak through me, you bless through me, you transform through me, and you affect lives through me. Thank you, Spirit of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, ready for the journey? So this is meeting day two. So this is the second session of the Wellspring of Wisdom series. So meeting day two, our introductory scripture, Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Daniel 12, verse 3, reading from the NIV. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Powerful scripture. I thought some of you would be saying amen. Yeah. Because we haven't, we haven't yet caught the revelation behind the scripture. Now, two key things. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. So many of you pray that, Lord, let me be the star of my family. Let me be the, the shining one amongst my friends. Lord, let me stand out. The Bible says that wisdom will let you shine. Wisdom will let you stand out. Wisdom will bring you out from amongst the Lord. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. During the day, just try to look at the brightness of the heavens. It is so bright that your eyes cannot even behold it because the sun is so strong. And the Bible says you will be like the brightness of the heavens if you are wise. But what is even more important is that and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Do you know how to lead many to righteousness? So winning. So winning. When you go to so winning, you are leading many to righteousness. Like when you bring somebody to church next Sunday, that you don't come alone, but you bring a soul to church. You see, you, you, are, leading men, you are leading many to righteousness. And the Bible says that you will shine like the stars forever and ever. These are key principles for success, which many of us don't follow because it demands from us a responsibility. Usually, in most cases, in, we tend to pray because in most of our prayers, we put the responsibility on God. I have said that prayer is not you asking God for something, but it is you asking God for what you can do for him. Not asking God what he can do for you, but asking him what you can do for him. Are you here? So, when I go into prayer, when I go into fasting, I don't go asking the Lord, Father, I need a car. Father, I need a house. Father, I need this. Father, I need that. I didn't even ask the Lord for a wife. In fact, I said, God, I pray that God, for the sake of my ministry, for the sake of my ministry and the calling and the assignment that you have given me, assignment that you are giving me, give me a wife for that purpose. I was not asking a wife for myself, but asking a wife for the assignment he has given me. When I go into fasting and prayer, I'm asking the Lord, Father, use me more. Father, use me more. Father, use me more. Because I know what activates success. So I don't go to him asking him, Father, let me shine. Let me bright like the bright star in my family. What will make me successful is already indicated in the Bible. It's already indicated in the Bible, and I will activate it, work it, 
and to work for me. So that is one of the things I'm teaching you throughout this series. Now, if your car is GX 696513, um, it's Toyota. Toyota what? Venza, okay. I hear your headlamps are on. And it's disturbing traffic or so. So when people are coming. Okay, thank you. Okay, so now let's begin our journey. So day two, meeting day two of this series is titled The Wise Man's Ladder to the Mountain Top. The Wise Man's Ladder to the Mountain Top. In life, either you are sinking into oblivion or you are rising to the top. You and the, in this particular session, I'm going to do a three sessions on this topic. And my aim is to teach you how to lift yourself by the grace of God from obscurity into prominence. You can be top there. You don't always have to be down there and look at people at the top for help. You can also be at the top to offer help. Amen. Now, anytime God, a servant of God teaches God's word, God confirms what he teaches with signs and wonders following. In other words, if you take what I teach seriously and you act upon it and you pray with it and you act upon it, God will confirm what I'm teaching with signs and wonders following. It can be possible, but by the end of this series, God would have lifted you from obscurity to prominence. Because you heard the word and you put the word into practice. And he confirmed it with signs and wonders following. Are you here? So, the wise man's ladder to the mountain top. Now, here is the ladder. So, it has nine steps to the mountain top. It has nine steps to the mountain top. The first three, information, interpretation, ideas, is what I call the foundations of wisdom. And then the second set of three, incubation, innovation, invention, is what I call wisdom in action. Then the last set of three is inspiration, influence, and immortality. Is what I call the power of wisdom. Today, I will focus on sharing with you the first three, which is the foundations of wisdom. So, we'll be looking at information, we will look at interpretation, and then we will look at ideas. If time is on our side, I'll try to make, make sure um, I do this quickly. So, information. Now, Proverbs 10 and the verse 14 from the NIV. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. The wise store up knowledge. The wise store up knowledge. Well, many people think that sometimes the best way to secure the future is to store up money. Go and ask um, the Greece, when the, the financial crisis hit the world, we Africa, we didn't feel it much. We were already down. We were already poor. We didn't feel it. But the rich nations really felt it. 
In Greece, for instance, in Greece, for instance, you couldn't go to the bank and cash a certain amount of money. You may have $10 billion in, the account, in your account, but for a day, you were only allowed, allowed a certain amount of money because the nation was in crisis and therefore you could not access your own money. And African countries, we can, get there now, we can get there very soon. Now that our debt ratio is very, very high, one day we'll wake up one day and an African country government will just announce that everybody's money in the bank, you can't cash it. All the money you can take is just a percentage <laughs> for a day. What you can use to buy food, you cannot take the money because if they gave you your money, they might not be able to pay their debts, the interest on their debts. They may not be able to pay salaries. Years ago in Ghana, one time we woke up, there was a coup. Everybody that had money, at that time 50 cities, was the, large, the, the biggest denomination. Everybody with 50 cities, your money was gone. You couldn't go for it. Government has taken it. It was amazing. If your money was about a certain amount of money, it's amazing. The only thing people cannot take from you when you store up is knowledge. I have said to people who come to me for help, I tell them I want to give you education. I said the education is the only thing I can give you that when you finish, even though I'm the one paying the fees, when you finish, it's not my name that will be on, on the certificate. And the knowledge will not be in my head. It will be in your head. Knowledge is the only thing that when you even die and you have not shared it, you are buried with it. You cannot be buried with your car. You cannot be buried with your houses. You cannot be buried with anything. Knowledge is the only thing that when you have information, that when you die, you are buried with it. Are you here? So, in storing up things, in storing up things for future security, one of the major things you should focus on storing up is what we call knowledge. It looks like the world is a big factory manufacturing and selling knowledge listen some people uh, have knowledge in the area of engineering some people have knowledge in the area of theology some people have knowledge in the area of banking some people have knowledge in the area of nursing some people have knowledge in the area of medicine and what do they do they sell the whole world is about knowledge trading when you get up and you go to the ministries and they are working there, it's people, people, the government offices there. The people are there trading knowledge for money. That is all we do. All the companies on the Sprinter's Road, what are they doing? People are there trading their knowledge for money. Yourself, you, you are trading knowledge for money. The more you store up knowledge, the more you have products to sell. Now, it's also important to understand that your life is an assignment. And your mind, your mind should be the library from where you 
access information for your assignment. Picture this. Look at life as a school. And then you are given an assignment. Now, anytime the National Accreditation Board comes for audit in our school or come to look at accreditation of a new program, one of the major things they look for, one of the major things they look for is a library. The library. Because that is where you source information for every assignment you are given during your course. I noticed at LSE when I went there, I came back, I told my staff, one of the most important things they did when we got to school and they came to do um, briefings and orientation, they came with the head of the library to give us a whole, and he gave us the longest lecture. How we can access information online, where the library is, what we can do, and how important the library was to our uh, course there. Because every assignment given to you, you need to go to the library. Now, your mind should be a library. I believe that your mind should be a library from where you assess information for your life's assignment. Every human being was created for an assignment. Every human being was created for an assignment. You were created specifically for something. You are not an accident. You are not an afterthought. You, are, you, just not, did not, you just did not happen. God created you and wired you for a certain assignment on earth. Let me repeat what I've been defining for you over and over. The assignment is what you were created to do. Attraction is what you are copying to do. There are people who are copying people's lifestyle and what people are doing. Oh, I've heard somebody is selling something and it's working. Nowadays, everybody is selling something. So let me also go and sell something. You, you don't do what people are doing. You do what God created you to do. You see what I'm doing? Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, this is my assignment. And I do it well. I read, I research. I store up information. My mind is a library for this assignment. When there was a revival in Ghana, and most pastors saw Bible school as a carnal thing to do, I was going to Bible school. My friends were telling me, Titi of you are becoming carnal. The letter killeth. The letter killeth. Bible school will kill your anointing. Bible school will kill your anointing. All those who told me those things, they don't exist. Some of them have even left ministry. Some of them are, are pastoring in obscurity. And some of them are very bitter that God has disappointed them. But hey, every assignment requires a library. And for your assignment in life, the library is your mind. Your, the library is your mind. And you must be determined that you will store up information in this mind. As far as your mind is functioning well with information, forget about the shape and the size of your head. You will be fine. When Anna was small, his body size and his head. Uh, so now he's grown into eight. So people used to call you, hey, Nana, your, your head is big. Oh, Nana, your head is big. One time somebody met him and said, hey, Nana, your head is big. He said, yeah, it's because God gave me big brains. And that was a good answer. He just insulted that person. God gave me big brains. If yours is small, you don't have a brain. <laughs> your brain is small. Are, are you here with me? So knowledge is crucial. Now, success is as a result of what you know. 
Failure is as a result of what you don't know. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll do a series called In the Corridors of Power, Knowledge is King. And I will tell you why, even though Britain has existed Europe, but they will still be successful. Because they are knowledgeable people in the 10 or 9, 10 Downing Street. Eh? They are knowledgeable people there in the corridors of power. In America, America rules the world. Because in the White House, the kind of people and the way they think. And when you are knowledgeable, you are powerful, you rule the world, you control. Especially if you are able, so I'm going to teach you, and I'll show you that knowledge alone is not enough. Because knowledge must graduate to something. Whilst I'm speaking to you now, you may be thinking about some, some of your uncles that have three PhDs, but they are very poor. And sometimes you have been sending them money. I'll show you something very soon. But you see, it is, it is the height of foolishness to focus on isolated cases and make your case out of it. You must focus on the best practice. If there are thousand people in thousand people who have knowledge, you should you should know that there may be only hundred of the thousand whose knowledge did not help them, but nine hundred did. So if you focus on the hundred who acquired knowledge that did not help them, and encourage yourself that if you don't have knowledge, it is okay, because your uncle went to school and school didn't buy. I'll show you a few things today. Are you here with me? Do you understand where I'm taking you to? Are you here? Good. Now, now, listen. Your value is determined by the volume of information you have. Your value is determined by the volume of information you have. If you go to the university and those who lecture there, if you have an MPhil, it is a volume of, an, uh, of an information and your life will be measured by it. You, your, your value will be measured by it. If you have a PhD, it's a volume of information and your value will be measured by it. If you, have, you, are, you are a professor, you are, you are, that, is, that is the volume of information you have in your life, your value will be measured by it. So, it is not just enough to have small information. It is very important to have more information. Now, listen. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of the information you have. Now, if you travel outside this country, you can see that <laughs> the quality of the life of nations that have invested in information and research the quality of the life of the people is higher than the quality of the life of the people who come from nations that do not see the essence of research. We are sitting here, people have done um, vaccines, they are brought to us, and we have been assured that um, Noguchi Memorial Institute have satisfied, has satisfied that it is good, so we can take it. Why should somebody do it for us to give the certification? Why didn't we do it? Some years ago, I think we went to get some plant to power one of our this electrical plant or something. And then it broke down. 
So government decided to bring engineers from outside. Then electrical engineers in this country were very angry. How can we be here for you to bring engineers from outside to come and repair the broken down facility? But the question is, how could you have been here for government to buy it from us and why didn't you manufacture it yourself? Are you here? Now, 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 let me even bring it home. The quality of knowledge you have about parenting will determine the quality of children that you produce. Are you here? It's a simple thing. The quality of knowledge you have as a pastor determines the quality of your sermon. The quality of knowledge you have as a mechanic determines the quality of the cars you face after somebody has manufactured a car and they, somebody has used it, another person has used it, another person has used it, and finally they are brought to Africa as used car. Even as a used car, repairing it is a problem for you. You can take your car to a mechanic and you bring it home with more problems. Are, are you here? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Good. It's also important to understand that your mind should be a library from, okay, so I've said that already. Now, your resourcefulness is determined by the source of information. By the source of your information. I, I'm a very resourceful pastor. Very resourceful. Because my source of information is deep. I love to read the Bible. I love to read the Bible. So how resourceful anybody, if you employ somebody, how resourceful the person becomes is always determined by the source of the person's information. You are in a company, employed into a company, the company does certain things, and you are employed as a secretary. You are always there in the front desk there, sitting down there. You don't care. You don't know the departments. You don't know what goes on in the company. You don't even know what you... All you do is to direct phone lines. Hello? Okay, you want to talk to the accounts department. Hold on, please. I'm transferring you. Those things are passed. Now, people don't... First, some time ago, everybody wanted to be a secretary. Because you're going to sit at the front desk do typing and do some limited job now people now when you go into companies that are the, the front desk of the company is not made up of secretaries and this is made up of people that have deep knowledge about what the company does about what the company does so they are they become a resource for the company how resourceful you become it is not everybody who is a human resource. Oh. Okay, okay, let me even go it this way. So there is what we call human resource and then human capital and human liabilities. So, so let me use our church as an example. In this church, we can have, we have human resource. But we have to divide the human resource into human liabilities and human assets. Okay, let me not use the church. Let me use a company. So I don't offend anybody here. Because we are all assets. So in a small company of say, okay, let me even take Ghana. Let me take Ghana. 
so that I don't, uh, nobody feels uh, offended. And let me even use myself as an example. So I'm 52. I'm a Ghanaian. I run a church. So I'm contributing to building the moral fiber of Ghanaians. Look at what I'm teaching you. Okay? Contribute to build the moral fiber of Ghanaians. I have a university. So I'm employing people and I'm contributing at the same time. I'm employing Ghanaians. At the same time, I'm contributing to the development of the human Ghanaians. Okay? I have four children who are all Ghanaians. I'm putting them in best schools. So I'm developing them to become useful Ghanaian citizens. Okay. There will be another 52, another man who is 52, like me, who has five wives and does not work and has 20 children and does not even know their names. And these 20 children, some have become armed robbers, some have become prostitutes, so because some have become armed robbers, government has to spend more money recruiting police officers. Some have become prostitutes. Government have to look for money, more money to deal with AIDS and those things associated with prostitution and drugs and deal with mental health issues. He, he doesn't have a house. The children are living in chaos around. So government has to build public toilets to take care of his children's toilets. You understand? So between me and the person, we are all Ghanaians, but I am an I am asset, an asset to the Ghanaian government, and he has become a liability and continues to produce more liabilities to the Ghanaian government. Now we say that if you take so if there are there are six of me and four of them. Four will cancel four of us. So we'll be left with two. So that two, that SS2, will become our human capital. So Ghana is a country of 10 people. 10, 52 years old people. Six of the, four of the 52 years old are liabilities. Six of them are assets. So Ghana has only two people out of the 10 who are assets, human assets. So they become the human capital. And these two people will have to work hard to ensure the other eight survive. So government will be taxing the, the extra two. Government will be taxing. Because after the other four who are doing well, the other four who are not doing well, they are, they are taking the other four people's money to take care of their children, to build a hospital, uh, um, to organize free SHS, to organize all those things that they have to get for free. Because they have to take the money from the rich and take care of other people. Now, in countries that are almost failing, that are becoming poor, that are in debt, sometimes you have more human liabilities than human assets. So, they have no human capital. And they borrow, and they borrow, and they borrow. But the people that don't produce anything. Look at what Steve Jobs alone produces for America, even though he's dead and gone. Everybody who buys an Apple product. How many of you here have iPhones? Raise your hands, let me see. iPhones, iPhones. Look, look, look. All 
nothing. MacBook Pro. I have iPhone too. I have MacBooks and all those things. What am I doing? What are we doing? We are contributing to. Look at millions of people using iPhones around the world. As you buy, you take money from Ghana and you send it to America. It goes into the American economy. And it goes into the American economy. And it's running into the American economy. We bought this tent from China. We took money from here. And we took it to the Chinese economy. So they keep becoming successful, more successful, more powerful. Because they have human capital. They have people who are producing things that people are willing to take money from the system and take it out. Look at your life. How much money do you take from yourself to others? And how much money are you earning? Because people are getting something from you. I told you here some time ago that poverty is spending money on people's ideas and nobody spending money on your ideas because you have no idea. You eventually become poor. The reason why we are a poor country is that let's go out right now. All the cars we have parked there, show me one Ghanaian car. All of us sitting down here in this room right now, show me one Ghanaian clothes. Oh, I know those of you wearing the African wear. We say, oh, uh, like I, I'm wearing um, a, a lane something sold in Ghana here. But where did the material come from? By the Ike fashions. But where did the material come from? Outside. If if what brings development to you, your personal life, is more from outside than from inside, know that you are on your way to becoming dysfunctional and a failure. Whatever builds your life must come from your inside. I am influenced more from my inside than from my outside. Because of the source of information that I have. Your wealth is determined by your well of information. So if you have more information, you become wealthy. Now let me move on now to show you something. I'm going to show you a diagram. Whilst I'm telling you information is important, I'm going to show you the sources where you can access information. And when you access information as a Christian, as a Christian, how do you use that information? Please note and keep this at the back of your mind that you are a Christian first before you are an engineer. You are a Christian first before you were a doctor. You are a Christian first before you were a seamstress. You are a Christian first before you were a teacher. You are a Christian first before you are anything. Your Christian life comes first. I'm a Christian first before I am a bishop. I'm a Christian first before I am a husband. And therefore, whatever information I'm going to get, if the information does not define the Bible to me, is the Bible that defines the information I'm receiving. And I'll show you why Christians are getting information and the information is making them worldly, and why other Christians are afraid to go for information. Can I show you? Okay, so you see this diagram, this diagram here. Unfortunately, those who hear on podcast will not see this diagram, but those hearing from podcast, podcast, there's a beautiful diagram on the screen right now. You see, there are different sources of information. So education, which has become the main source of information for many people. 
And countries that are making it big are investing into education. Are investing into education. That's why free SHS is good, but it's costing the, 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 it's costing the government, and the government has to rely on the human capital they have to finance it. So even if you don't owe, cry, January wants you to owe. He wants to find a way for you to owe. What about this? What about that? You get it? Because they have to raise the money to finance it. And then every experience you go through must teach you a certain lesson. And I believe that experience is some of the major sources of information. Then exposure. If you live in a village without electricity and water, what you know is limited. If you move to the next village, the next town, where there's electricity and water, you may have access to TV and your information will expand. If you move from the village to Accra, you see more things. You meet more people. So you, the information you have access to expands. If you travel from Accra and you go to London or to New York, there's more information that is available to you. So exposure is important. So some people travel not because they're even going to do business. They travel because they want to know the other part of the world. In fact, the reason why um, people claim they discovered Africa and they discovered here because other people felt we live in this small space. Are we the only people living here? As a result of curiosity, are we the only people living in this world? Let us go beyond where we live to go and see if there are other humans with us. Then they came to Africa and found us. They say, wow, we've got disease of human beings. We know more than them. Let's use our knowledge to manipulate them. Then they colonize us. Now, right now, right now, there's research going on. Research going on to see whether there is life on Mars. They want to see whether there are other, hum- other beings living somewhere in, uh, in addition to human beings. So there's a whole research. There's something they call the unidentified object, eh? Unidentified foreign object. That they believe that there's a life beyond this life. And they are fighting hard to discover it. Exposure. Exposure. And the more you are exposed, the better you become. Now all these cell phones we have that we use. It's as a result of some of these experiments that the people did, went outside the earth and discovered where we can plant satellites. So as we are here, as we are here, in fact, when you go and you Google, as if you Google Christ Square, Pleasant Place Church, you see this facility. See us sitting here. As we are here right now, somebody somewhere in 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 Russia, in some corner, come by satellite, see whatever we are doing, and monitor us. So exposure is important. Don't be a one man, a, a one eye king. In the blind, in the in the kingdom of the blind, move out there, get yourself exposed to things. Now listen. Friends, books, the media, social media, everything are all sources of information. But are the information deforming your mind? Or transforming your mind. Right now, look at your life. You look at your life. When you go back home, look at yourself in the mirror. Ask yourself this one question. 
are the information I'm sourcing making my life better or bitter? Am I, the, the time I spend on Facebook, am I assessing, or social media, am I assessing information that makes me resourceful? As a parent, am I reading about good parenting, Christian parenting, or I'm just watching some comedian making noise and using sex and using all manner of vulgar language to make people laugh, laugh and me too, I enjoy it and I'm laughing. Then after spending two, three hours, nothing. Your data is gone. Your data is taken and you have no date with success. But you can use these same sources to tell me, okay, now, every Christian here, no matter the source of information, there must be a sieve. There must be a sieve. It's not everything people put out there. It's not even everything I come here and I teach that you must accept wholly. You must sieve it. You must sieve it. And see, you see, listen. I said the information you are getting will either deform your mind or transform your mind. I want to show you something. Okay. Now, you use God's word to save the information. To save every information coming into your mind. You must use God's word. And look at this scripture. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Think about such things. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. So, you have six standards by which you measure information. Number one, whatever is true. Don't drive your life and make decisions based on lies. I have seen people and met people who have destroyed their lives because of lies. For there are people in church, there are people sitting under pastors who are using the Bible to manipulate them. It is very easy to lie using the truth. And if you find yourself in the company of gossips and you, your source of information is always from an unreliable person who you yourself you don't trust. The person you cannot disclose your secret to. Don't trust the information from the person. Because the reason why you can't disclose your information to that person is because you don't trust the person. So how do you suddenly trust the information the person is bringing to you? Are you here? The word of God is the only truth. And that's where you should build your mind on. I told you um, um, recently how I saw in one of the villages, one boy, you know when we were growing up in school, you are called to the board to use the cane to 
read things. The boy is going to school. Then the class will respond. In this case, or A, B, and then the class will be the class will be reading after you. In this case, the boy had one, two, three, up to twenty-one. And he had a cane and was standing there in a village. And he said, in number one, he said, A, the children say A, two, B, B. So the numbers are suddenly become alphabet. This is serious deformation of the mind. If you don't stop it, the children, everybody will go mad. Are you here with me? So build your life on very fireable information and any information that comes to you. The Bible says it is only a fool that believes anything. But the wise give thought to his steps and investigate. Especially if there's information, it's about your enemy. It's about somebody whose downfall you are looking for. When it comes, you will never verify it. If we are NDC and they say something about MPP or MPP and they say something about NDC, even if the thing doesn't make sense, you still believe it. <laughs> no, it's because it allows you to advance your case. But but using lies when you know it's lies, but because against your enemy, you will use it. It is like you tickling yourself and saying you are happy. The fact that you are taking yourself and you are laughing does not make you happy. Don't surround yourself with liars. Don't surround yourself with people who deliberately misinformed you. It will destroy your life. That's why, listen, listen, listen. This head, eh? The Bible day inside. Everything I do, I see everything with the Bible. Every single day, I am on this Bible. It has helped me, it has lifted me from obscurity to prominence. Sanctify them by thy word, for thy word is true. The next one is noble. High moral conversation. Don't let people start putting in your mind things. Hmm. I was in the lecture hall years ago. This top professor everybody's afraid of comes to the lecture hall, begins to lecture. Then goes, for me to go to church on Sunday, I'd rather go and play and go and give my money to these small, small boys who are in Jesus' industry. I'd rather go and play golf and drink beer, eat a mutual and get some girls on that Sunday. That was not noble. What's the noble information? Everybody was quiet. I raised my hands. I said, sir, I disagree with the point you are raising. I think that you came here to teach on a certain subject and you are doing well. But now that you are moving into religion, now that you, have moved, you are moving into territories that you are not trained for, and the things you are saying is really not good. Don't, don't go there. Then he stopped and said, ah, are you a pastor? I said, I am. And then everybody said, hey, he's a sophomore, he's a sophomore. Oh, I was just joking, I was just joking. But that, hmm, that was Satan. You see, you see, you see there are people there. Eh? If, if you want to make sexual jokes and um, this thing, do it with your wife and your husband. I agree. Do it. Remove that 
spiritual barrier between your wife when it comes to your sex life and other things. And be romantic a little. Talk about your wife's body. Talk about your husband's body. Your husband's body might not be nice, but still say it's nice. He says your marriage. He says your marriage. And he keeps your marriage going. It's truthful. And say, okay. But don't allow anybody to begin to feed your mind with things that are not noble. Things that are not decent. Things that, that are not biblical. Are, are you here? Do, do you understand? That's why Christian parents, eh? you should be interested in what your children watch. Watch movies with them. So you know the kind of movie they are watching. Because you know what they are doing now? Now every movie there must be a, a lesbians or gays in it. Even in cartoons. Now they are doing that. Trying to get their children to feel this is normal. This is okay. We can do it. And let it go. And there are some of you even Christians who are matured Christians speaking in tongues are beginning to settle for some of these things that are going on. Oh, oh, oh. The thing is biological. Oh. Can't you see the way they throw their hands and walk? It's, it's, we, they need help. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe they need help. I believe they need help. But are they ready for the help we want to give them? They don't see themselves as needing help. They feel that they have to impose. They, 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 they feel that they have to disrespect the cultural and religious values of the majority. That's what they feel. In every democracy, the rights of the majority is respected. That's why we go for votes. If you vote and you get 50% plus one, you are gone. Especially if we take you to court. And there's the unanimous seven. You are, you are finished. You are gone. Don't go again. <laughs> now you must see it. Whether this information is right for me. Please, every born again spirit filled true believer, the word of God is your major source. And the word of God is already stored up in your mind. So every information coming, every information coming that is not from God and will not help you and will deform your mind, the word of God already there will reject it. I was discussing this with Kevin and was telling me something. No, I think he was saying, saying this on Sunday. In the distance. You see, the word of God must be your antibody. Your anti- you see this vaccination they did to all of us. All they did is to take a weakened virus of the coronavirus and introduce it into our body. So all of you went for the, for the, for the vaccine, including myself. They just put coronavirus inside us. Oh, am I, am I not saying the truth? You, are, you guys are in the medical field. Yeah. So they put coronavirus inside you. So don't be going around saying that you don't have coronavirus. You, you, have, you have a weakened one in the inside of you. But the purpose of putting that weakened one in the inside of you is that naturally, naturally, there are things in God has placed in you, they are called antibodies. They are like soldiers that fight invasion into your body. So when something is coming to invade you, the reason why 
this thing will, uh, mosquitoes will bite you and bite you, you still not get malaria and you think you are anointed. It, it, it's, because, it's because you have gotten malaria, sir, now the antibodies are so strong that when the malaria the mosquito bites you, the mosquito rather gets malaria. You don't get it. <laughs> you get it? You see, Dickens, Dickens uh, Perpetua and Co. have just come from the UK and they are here. They are taking anti-malaria drugs, eh? Because they have been away, sir. They are body doesn't know. You know why corona, coronavirus didn't kill us? Coronavirus didn't kill us like that. We have prayed in the gutters, gutter to gutter. <laughs> gutter to gutter. We have, oh. So our antibodies are strong. So we are walking around. And we are fine. Oh, Charlie, walking around. Some people can even eat fufu with Corona. Hello, Corona. <laughs> I will still be walking around when they finish. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Corona. Bye-bye. And Corona himself will go and sit down and be surprised. You're not dying. You're still living. And then Corona will start feeling Corona. When I start feeling infected, now Corona says, I am infected. You are infected with what? With this boy's Corona. Now that's how the word of God is. The word of God, you see, when it's inside of you, it builds your spiritual antibodies. That any information that contradicts God's word, your spirit naturally fights it. Do you understand? Your spirit naturally fights it. So if you are somebody who is a listener of gossip, a listener of bad information, and you can watch some movies and feel alright, and nothing in you triggers something in you, and you can just watch it, and you are alright, and it's not yucky, and it's nothing to you, and you enjoy it, I want to tell you, there is less of the word in you. There is less of the word in you. Do you know it's not every body, every blood you can take into your system? Because your blood, you need your blood group to take this thing. So when I see people you converse with, I can tell, and you are comfortable with, you have the same blood <laughs> word group. Let's say word group. So gossips are together. If you are, you'll be watching in this church, eh? in this church, all wife cheaters are together. They cheat on their wives, so they have a small club. <laughs> you can't penetrate, too. Because when they meet, the things they talk about, you can't penetrate. And then, all tight robbers are together. Those who rob God of tight, the non-tightest, they are together. And they make argument. Look at daddy, look at where he's living. We'd rather give our money to the poor. We'd rather, and where I'm living is not your tight. We'd rather give it to the poor than to give it to him. We'll rather give it to the poor. We will not. And they, the poor, they don't give it to the poor. They waste uh, Easter. Then they go and buy 10, 20 um, sachets of pure water, 10 bars of rice, and then they go. And then they put on social media, we are doing the work of God. We are doing the work of God. <laughs> we are using God's money the way you want to use it, not the way he has presented.
There's a rebel group. There are people, the, the offenders group. There oh, there are a lot of groups. They form. I mean, you can never be in a group. You know, even you see the lion, eh? That's the something they call a pride. A pride of a lion is a group of lions who have lived together, they accept each other, and they are there. If you are not part of the pride, you are a lion, you are a lion, all right. You're not part of the pride, and you try to enter, they will kill you. They will devour you, they will kill you, and they will do it with passion and with aggression. So they when you are rejected by a group, don't fight to enter. You don't know why they are rejecting you. Are we here? Can you move on from here? So I've shown you. So it should be pure, it should be lovely, it should be admirable. All these things must lay the foundation under which an information can get into your mind. In the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. That's why you must read it. That's why you must study it. That's why you should thank God for a Bible teaching church like the Pleasant Place Church. That's why you should thank God. This is what builds you and builds your spirit and gets you ready for heaven. All the girls who are who are going out with people's husbands, they form their own group. They don't want any other girl to come in. Because they formed their group. Oh, you'll be amazed. One day, one day, I'll be preaching supernaturally. God will reveal groups in church and they have WhatsApp, WhatsApp, this thing. You see how active they are on that WhatsApp group. They have a name for that WhatsApp group. And you see, Husband Snatchers Group. S, H, S, J. You don't know what this is, though, but that's the name of the group. Coded. And then they are there. And they are in the church. And they are snatching the husbands of a woman they call auntie. <laughs> auntie, praise the Lord. Auntie, hallelujah. <laughs> auntie, this. And they are there. Oh, they won't let you come into the group, oh. You would think that, oh, you have come into a church and these sisters are lovely. They are always together. I want to be their friends. And you try. And then they reject you. Then you feel offended. There's no love in this church. God is saving your soul. <laughs> Am I preaching something? Am I teaching something? Give the Lord praise, every one of you. Hey. Hey. Hmm. What a word. What a church. Mm-hmm. What a bishop. The only, the only court bishop. Anointed, called, mandated to teach. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me rush you now to interpretation because now the next level of wisdom is called interpretation. As an please allow me to close out 8:30 today. Eh? The next level of wisdom is called interpretation. Everybody say interpretation. Can I see the next slide? I'll be speaking from here now. Interpretation is the definition you give to the things that happen to you so that you can make things happen to the world. So things happen to you. Things happen to you. And when they happen to you, you have to give interpretation to it. But don't forget that I've taught you here that you can only interpret things. Okay, Brother Amos is here. Last Sunday I got to realize that he's a Chinese interpreter. 
Do you know why you can interpret Chinese? It's because your mind is taught with Chinese. Today I got a proposal from a professor. They want us to teach business Chinese online. Business Chinese. Is it popular? People, people study it. Like people who go and do business in China, you have to learn business Chinese so that when you are doing your um, um, interaction, you can speak some business Chinese. means one million dollars. <laughs> Please, this is this, this is deformation. <laughs> you see, so so when things happen to you, eh? When things happen to you, you suddenly lose a daughter. You suddenly lose a husband. And then you become a young widow and other things. Your interpretation of that painful thing that happened to you is based on what is stored in your mind. You can either say God has disappointed you and be bitter and leave church. Or you can say that God is making me a counselor of widows. And how to survive the death of a husband. And you suddenly set up an NGO and you begin to work on it. You, you get it? So things happen to you, but you can make the things that happen to you turn it around for you to let things happen to the world. Better things happen to the world. It all depends on what kind of information you have in your head. You can work with a company and at the end of the month, the company doesn't pay you and three months you have not been paid. And the company is saying, we are having struggles, we are having challenges. You either leave that company and you conclude that it is a waste of time for me to go to work and not receive salary. So let me stay at home. It's better. and sleep. It can be your reaction. Or, based on the information stored in your mind, you can spot an opportunity. Now that we are not getting paid, there is an idea, the company that shouldn't be doing the same thing over a period of time because, and then your mind interprets the situation and you make things happen to the company. That's the beginning of your uprising. That's the beginning of you hitting the top. Now your resurgence begins with a redefinition of the things around you. Everything around you has a, a certain definition. Base on the information already stored. You may define my shirt as white. Somebody may define it as blue. Somebody may define it as red. Because information is stored in your mind. Okay? But if the definition you are giving to the thing is not making impact, impact on your life, redefine it. Give it a new name. Listen, I have redefined. I started as the uh, African Center for Leadership and Human Resource Development, AfriLead. AfriLead. I did it, sir. I got to a point. I wanted to move to the next level. I redefined the whole company and called it the Pan African Institute for Governor, Governance and Leadership Studies. Up to now, their top, their top um, government officials who are calling me. So, where is that your company? Who eventually became the Graduate School of Governance and Leadership. And top distance, we're coming. Power 
powerful. People felt so threatened in this country that in one of our reaccreditation, we were forced to change the name. I got professors who called me and said, hey, that name you are using now, I was intending to use it. Graduate School of Governance and Leadership. The one we were going to do undergraduate program. They said, no, we will not allow a graduate school. And I knew where it was coming from. Change it. But I'm not afraid of redefinition. We redefined ourselves. We are not a crap business school. We are even doing better. We are even doing better than that. Are, are you here with me? So that you see that the only problem you have is that the name of your company is too local. People don't, people don't understand. People don't understand. Your, company, your company's name does not communicate what you do. So people don't come. Your name is not global, but you are so attached to your name. Echanya Enterprise. <laughs> what is the meaning of Echanya Enterprise? Africans, we have to be proud of our names. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree that we have to be proud of our names. But not in business. Oh, Echanya Enterprise. That you want to trade in London, you want to trade, and people are asking, what is. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, in fact, in fact, if you want to go and do salon, you want to go and face your hair, you want to go and face your hair, and you see the name First Choice, and then you see another name, Echanya uh, Salon. And even if the Echanya Salon is doing well, you will still feel that the First Choice is more attractive than Echanya Salon. So you go there. Are you here? And people have become successful just redefine. Because when you redefine things, you reinvent yourself. You, you, you get it? And it is the information in your head. All this COVID going on, COVID going on, is calling for redefinition of things. We as a country, we will sit down there, beg for vaccine, beg for vaccine, beg for vaccine, and the vaccine will come. It will, corona will be a thing of the past. We'll go back to who we are. We'll behave the same way we behave. We'll do the same things again. Whilst the white people are not thinking, corona could repeat itself. So let's move on. Let's do something else. Let's do something else. The information in your head eh, must open your eyes so well, so well that you can predict the future. There's so many people that came out with a lot of conspiracy theories. And, and 10 years ago, they were talking about coronavirus. So, so they knew it. Um, the Microsoft founder, Bill Gates, it's, a, it's, a, it's what? Um, Illuminati. They were talking about it already. Before corona, because this man has made his billions. He even made it before you were born. All those in 20, 23, 25, 24 years who are going around saying he made his billions before you were born so why is every rich person recently i heard that some woman here called me illuminati pastor because i came to sprinters road in a wooden structure and i'm building mega structures so suddenly so god cannot bless a man it's only satan that can bless a man <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you a time is listen predict the future this corona thing that has happened will change the world for many people, will create opportunity for many people who have the right sort of information and therefore can interpret well. Am I speaking? Next slide, please. Next slide. Now let me show you. The knowledge in your mind becomes your dictionary. 
with which you exercise discretion. So, so you are making decisions, you are making choices, you are making all is traced up with your knowledge. So now you are interpreting things based on the information you have. If your interpretation is wrong, your life is wrong, your life is a mess up. Right now, in this thing I'm preaching, if you like, let me organize examination right now. The way some people, the answers some people will give me, I would think I didn't preach well. But I think I'm teaching very well. Some people will leave here and say, I didn't understand anything. It's not my fault. It's your level of information with which you came here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not me who is not teaching well. It's the level of information with which you came here. That's why if you take a class one girl, and ask the class one girl to go and sit in form two classroom to listen. You sit down, listen. I'm coming right now, listen. Hey, do you understand anything going on there? Please, don't, don't waste this head. Uh, somebody put something recently on Facebook on books that we used to read. And one of them was, what is the purpose of the head? To carry loads. You remember, when we were growing up, so you see somebody is carrying load on the head. Whilst the white children are taught, taught that the purpose of the head is to acquire information, think, and change the world. We were being told that the purpose of the head is to carry load. Carry power, power, power. And so you have that mindset, too. You have that mindset. <laughs> okay, the next slide, please. Let me show you something. Time is on our side. Now, so let me show you how the information in your mind can change the way you interpret things and look at things forever, forever and ever. Forever and ever. Okay. So nobody should write ahead of me. Just look at the picture there. Nobody should write ahead of me. Um, babe, when we finish here, put this, put the put the teaching material on the church platform, man. So people can have the material, the original on the church platform. So they can listen to me. At this stage, close everything, close your iPad, close your everything. If I'm not on the church platform now, you have to get on it. When we finish, we are putting put a part one and a part two, all the slides on on there. Eh? Okay, now look at look at this. Human beings just realize the limitation, the limitation of the eyes. The eyes have lenses, but the lenses of the eyes can cannot see very far. Okay, so so like as I'm standing here like this, I'm seeing some as even even the the COVID. Max has even made it even difficult to see people now. When I was young, my favorite movie was American Ninja. I didn't know I would grow up to become a ninja myself. <laughs> now, because the lenses of the eyes are this limitation, human beings by knowledge, by information, decided to create lenses that will enable us see beyond the limitations of the eyes. So, for instance, we created a telescope so we can see far so with a telescope you can look at far and see very far where the eye cannot see with a lens then the periscope the periscope you can be under the sea that's what submarines used to measure so a submarine is down there and they have a periscope so with a periscope they are now looking at the top of the sea even though they are down. So with the periscope, periscope, you see high. You see higher. 
So like in this room, now you can't see what is going on at the top. If we had a periscope here, we put it, we make a hole, we put it there. Whilst we are here, we are shooting everything, we are seeing it here. Okay. Then, we just discovered that all the time when a human being goes to hospital, we have to cut them to see what is inside. Painful cutting, so we develop the endoscope. So with the endoscope, we can see inside. We can see the inside of the thing. So with endoscope, so there's something called endoscopy. Endoscopy. Either they put a tube in your nose and see inside your stomach or through your anus and see what is going on in your inside you. It's called endoscopy. God has blessed us with people, oh, and all this thing is knowledge, oh, and all of you are going to knowledge will, 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 will make in the last days, knowledge will let people puff up. I don't want to puff up. So I don't want knowledge. But I also forgot that Bible said in the last days, knowledge and wisdom shall be the stability of your thy times. Okay? And all these things. That's why when I see people go around saying that they want to kill us with their vaccines. They want to kill we black people with their vaccines. They want to kill us. You yourself, you know that we are the problem with the white. So they want to kill us. That's why you believe. All these things, research have gone in. Money have gone, has gone in. For the endoscope. Now, and then the microscope magnifies things. So that things that are small, you can see. You can see corona, but with the microscope, they can make it big, then they can see it. Now you are sitting, you don't know whether corona is a white man, an Indian, <laughs> an African. <laughs> or Chinese and how you lose that. You only see the drawing. So where did they get this drawing from? So they use this kind of microscope to enlarge small things to see. And then there is what we call the okay, the, so it's repeating itself, the telescope. So don't have to put that one there again. Then the telescope, which I was spoken about. But you see, for you to succeed, you must see far, you must see high, you must see deep, you must see everywhere for you to succeed. When you build information in your mind, you develop what I call mind scope. Now, your mind scope, you are able to see far with your mind's eye. With your mind scope, you are able to see high. With your mind scope, you are able to see deep. With your mind scope, you are able to magnify things. Small things, you are able to see it in a big way. You understand? Like, I'm seeing Accra Business School like Harvard Business School or London Business School. I'm using the microscope of my mind. When you put all these things together into an information, if you are learning well, you are getting the rise of information, you especially, and the foundation of that information is biblical and is solidly biblical, you build a mind scope. And with your mind scope, with your mind scope, small thing, you see the big thing out of it. A friend went to another friend's house and saw a wood, like a kind of a, a, a log down on the compound. And asked him, what is this log doing on your compound? And so they came to do some work here and cut it down. I'm even asking them to come and take it away. They have left it and said, oh, can I take it? Oh, what are you going to take this thing for? Well, if you like it, take it. It's a burden for me in this house. So he took it. So a few weeks later, he went to visit that friend who took the log. When he got to his house, he had this very beautifully carved center table. He said, hey, this is nice. I want some. How much? He gave him the price, gave him the money, 
The next day, he carried it, polished it, and went and gave it to him in his house. So, thank you, thank you. Then he asked him, so why did you buy it? Because others may need some. Why did you buy it? So, it was the log you had found in your house that I changed into that table. What? You took a waste material from my house, converted it into a product, and sold it to me. Are you here? That is the typical story of Africa. The things we don't value, people come and take it from here and convert it. Do you know there are nations now that are importing into their country waste because they are converting the waste into electricity? And we, if I don't know why they are not coming to Odona, <laughs> into the Odona River, they will get plenty to change their. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So please, listen. Build a mind scope. Let the volume of information in your mind. Build your mind to be able to carry all manner of information. Be well informed. And I'm telling you, eh, you will see very far and plan ahead. You will see very high and rise to the top. You will see very deep and work from the inside. And you will see big things from small initiatives. Who would have thought that a man who came here 22 years ago to live an Uncle Peter brother would be where I am? For I went out, I bought this place, and we're going to do this. Most of the people I described what I wanted to do here couldn't picture it until he came out. When he came out, oh, daddy, so that's what you wanted to do because I can microscope things because my mind scope is big. Finally, can we move on? Finally. Just finish this conquer ideas. Now, next slide. Anytime your eyes see a problem or your ear hears a problem, your mind attempts to offer a solution. It's a natural thing that God has given to all of us. So I told you when I'm watching football with mommy, mommy does more commentaries than the commentators. Especially when Ghana is playing. Hey, hey, nani, omajibono, omajibono. And then she's holding my hands. And then she's squeezing my hands. Honey, look at that. And then she say, Kosiapia at that time, Kosiapia was the coach. Kosiapia should remove this player and bring this player with a Sule Muntari. I say he's not playing for blast again. Ah, Alan. Why? <laughs> and then and then she'll go and say, honey, 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 look, look, this one this, um, um, uh, oh, they should bring um uh, Abel Pellet, son. Why, why 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 is the other one not playing? They should remove this player. I say this one is the defender. If they remove Abel Pellet, it's a striker. Say, and also and, and, they don't say I'm found. And they say I'm found. And I'm found. So bad. About May 11. And I'm only 11. I'm May 11. Oh, you're not in May 11. Oh, the last time we were playing World Cup. World Cup. Oh. World Cup. The woman was sitting down and saw Eden Hazard. That's like the other place for Chelsea. He said, Honey, now then we're Obama, Holland. So Obama, Chelsea. Obama, is that from where? Belgium. I didn't Obama, Belgium. So Obama, Chelsea. And look at her. I'm not hiding here. Then she has a game. She has a game. So why is Chelsea not playing? <laughs> so, so I put it on Facebook. My wife just asked me why is Chelsea not playing? Playing in the World Cup. What answer should I give her? Somebody wrote and said, Bishop, it's a trap. Don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let me come back to the Ghana thing. So, so in football, Mummy has seen the problem. And it was true. We were leaking. Some, the back was leaking. So Mummy has seen the problem. But because she lacks the information, even though the mind is attempting to offer a solution, the solution the mind is offering are all wrong. Because she lacks information about football. She lacks information about football. I've told um, um, Minister Judah that on World Spring TV, I want him to host a, a football. Because um, he loves football and talks about football. The guy is talking about football. He knows the coaches and why they're not doing well and all those things. So I'm going to ask him to host it. But you see, the information you store in your mind, when the problem comes, tries to. If, if you see a problem and you talk about it, and you complain about it, it's because you lack the mental capacity to turn that problem to provide a solution. So, an idea is a solution to a problem trapped in your mind. Trapped in your mind. Here is what I want to close with. Next week, I'll show you how to listen. Now, if you go to this scripture here, Genesis 41, 34, and 40, you will notice you will notice that the reason why Pharaoh, the reason why Pharaoh gave Joseph a job was not because Joseph interpreted his dream. Because before Joseph, people were interpreting his dream. Yes, this one was too hard for the people to interpret. Okay? Good. So you may have an accountant in your office. There's an account situation that his knowledge might not get there. So you bring an outside accountant to come and help you with it. It doesn't mean you change your accountant and you put this accountant there. That's all. But that's not what happened. In the case of Joseph, that's not what happened. After Joseph had interpreted the dream, Joseph now gave Pharaoh an idea. An idea on how to develop a 14-year economic plan so that the seven years of abundance and the seven years of famine throughout those 14 years they will still have enough to spare when pharaoh heard that thing the bible in some verse the the bible let, let me let me see what i can see i can see it 38 no no the way the bible says that and the plan and pharaoh liked the plan okay 37 the plan seemed good to pharaoh and to all his officials. It's just like a company running aground in this COVID. And one young boy who has just joined the company goes to the MD and said, I have an idea that will turn our company around. Are you sure? Calls the board of directors and calls the, all the managers and said, let's go and listen to this stupid boy from uh, Accra Business School who thinks that Accra Business School is the best business school in the world. Let's go and listen to him. And I'm telling you, the guy now comes with an Accra Business School badge on his chest. They stands there and that's a presentation and solves their problem. How would they see? How would they ask tell him, where is Bishop Titi Go and bring him to come and take money. No. We just get that small boy. So wow, we are not letting you go anywhere. How much do you want? What position do you want here? You have solved our problem for us. And that is it. That was exactly what um, Joseph did. Idea. An idea. So I'll put this on the platform for you. Look at this thing. After those of you who have been with me for a long time, I've taught you this before. The next slide, please. Look at this. So these are a number of ideas you can de develop. 
creative idea, original idea. You find yourself in an environment. This church has started. We are still looking for space. We are still looking for things to do. Instead of complaining, and I come to church, and I don't know where my children are, and they take my children somewhere, and I don't. There should be an idea coming into your mind that you should come and talk to the bishop that this is what we can do. Such ideas deals with the future. I can tell you that there are small boys sitting somewhere in some classroom, somewhere in some corner. Do you know what they are doing? They are saying that five years after COVID is gone, people would need this. Let's develop it ahead. Competitive ideas. Don't wait for your people who are competing with you to develop ideas before you develop yours. Develop ahead of them. Then complementary ideas and God-given ideas. Joseph's own was God-given ideas. Thank you all very much for joining me tonight. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Hope it's been a blessing to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Put your hands on your head. Begin to pray for divine information. Ask God for divine information. Speak to God about divine information.